The Press Box is here to catch you up on the latest media stories. Hosted by Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker, these guys have the insight on the biggest stories you care about. Check out The Press Box on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Stadio Podcast and Ring RFC. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks, man. How are you? Broadcasting from a undisclosed location. There you <laughs> are. I am in Brussels. Yes, you are. With some very dear friends, and we're going to watch an Ed Sheeran concert tonight. Look at you. Yeah, yeah, good times, good times. I thought you were going to announce a run for, I don't know, EU president. <laughs> <something>. EU president. <laughs> There'll be no democracy under me. No, no. Um, <laughs> how are you dreadful. doing, most importantly? That's so <laughs> dreadful. That's why I uh, don't give Musa the passwords for any of the Stadio accounts, because otherwise that would just <laughs> be authoritarianism from the job. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's hiding in plain sight. Talk's the a good worst game. Worst podcast ever. Worst podcast ever. Talk's a good game. But, uh, how are you, though, on your special day? Oh, it's not really that special, is it? <laughs> <Let's get> rid- <laughs> What are you up to? Anything fun? Uh, doing a podcast with you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, very low key of you to say it's your birthday, but it's your birthday. I think the listeners would appreciate knowing it was your birthday um, because it is. Do they? Right. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's my birthday. So Let's funny. move on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, how are you? you? You're good. Yeah. Really, really happy. Um, can I just say, I have no stake in the game i just say i absolutely love traveling by high-speed rail to oh, europe yeah. train is good man i just delight in it caught the star of euro yesterday afternoon and it's just there's something about when you come through the tunnel did you say the into, star of euro yeah the star oh of euro God. star of euro tell them you're in your 40s without saying you're in your 40s <laughs> <laughs> Just like when you come through the countryside and like you come to the tunnel of the countryside and you just see the subtle changes at first, like the way that like the fields are done differently and like just the, all the, all the rigging and the infrastructure. I just, I love it every time. I love Dude, it. trains the way to go. You know, I, in fact, I'm going to put this out there right now. If anyone is listening from 
a train company. Or, or yeah, so, if anyone from, uh, I don't know, the Riggers kind of like <laughs> sponsorship the team, <laughs> then uh, anyone from a train company, feel free to approach the Ringer and sponsor some Stadio trips. We can do something. I don't uh, know. You know, like we can, we can do, I don't know, the MLS season. Thanks to Amtrak. The Football Express. Or we could do. Pan-European. Yeah, exactly. Don't even joke. Or a Pan-European Football Express. You know, we can do some trips around Europe for football games, but on the train. I'm, I'm, Just the I'm way to down. travel. I'll buy, I'll way buy a camera. Travel. We can film it. We can stick it on YouTube. People love that shit. <laughs> there you go. There we go. Jason Ryan's football travel blog. Excellent footballing adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And while you're on the move, you can do that. We can, we can start your... Fixtures and football food. And food. Football and food. Oh my goodness. Yeah. A football and food tour across Europe. Don't even, don't even start. I'd never don't see, we'd me. never see you again. You wouldn't. <laughs> but Moose has actually moved to Modena now and he's uh, become a pasta chef. <laughs> a gastropod. <laughs> like, um, anyway, uh, we hope everyone's staying safe, staying well. Yes. And keeping cool and keeping safe on that front. Um, but yeah, don't forget to check Wright's house went up. Mm. Flo, Ian, and I recorded. <laughs> it was so late. It was so late. I don't wow. know if anyone could tell, but it was like a good. I think we finished at two thirty-five a.m. my time. Incredible. After England's win over Spain, because Flo and Ian were at the game, mm. and then obviously it went to extra time, and they were both working the game, so they had to get back to the hotels afterwards, and then we had to start recording. So it was a late one, but. Righty's house. It's up on the Ringer of Seafood now. Don't forget to check the ringer.com in general. Is there anything else you need to plug? Stanley Archer's playlist on Spotify. All the music we play out on each episode, newest ones at the top. I think that's it. Yeah. Have you been appointed to any extremely <laughs> important society since we last spoke or stuck I any have. books out? I have not. No? Oh, actually, I have. I have, actually. Oh my God, what? Um, we put out a book, shout out to Peter Jukes and Hardeep Matharu. They put out a book called Woke Law, which is about um, UK politics and culture wars. And I wrote the foreword and two essays. Look and at it came you. Out. Yeah. <laughs> See, even when, even when I'm joking, you've actually, this is ridiculous. <laughs> sorry. Is that is so true. Now. That is a, sorry. Yeah, that is a thing. <laughs> but it's called Woke Law. Uh, Woke Law. Shout out to Byline Times. I'm really proud of that. Um, lots of contributors there. Really proud to be part of that collection of essays. Nice. So yeah. <laughs> so since we last spoke, you've put out a book essentially, or you've been featured in a book. I think the only thing I've done since we last spoke is have a golf lesson. <laughs> uh, poor Ryan. Poor Ryan. No, don't poor me. I'm fine. Leave me alone. I'm fine. I'm very comfortable as I am. Thanks. I need to write books to feel something. <laughs> anyway, so today we are going to talk about Germany's win over Austria in the yes. second quarterfinal of Euro 2022. Quite a mouthful. It's quite hard to say that Euro 2022. Mm. A lot of twa Um, we'll touch on a couple of transfers, and we're also going to revisit something that we did at the, towards the end of last season mm. and uh, a load of people sent us some emails about and it wasn't one of Moose's takes. <laughs> 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 so let's get into it after this. Let's do it. 
This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Okay, man, do you want to know something? Yeah, yeah, please. Germany against Austria. Germany winning the game 2-0. Mm. But before we touch on the game, and we'll go through it, this was the fir- one of the first times that I've taken notes before for a Stadio episode. Wow. Because I could, I literally couldn't remember how many times the bar or post had been hit and who had done it. Oh, yes. Okay. So that is why. So usually we, we have a thing about Stadio. We, 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 uh, should we tell people Behind that we don't take notes? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> just like, that makes so much sense. That's why you don't know anything. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> We just sense it. We do it by feel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yes, Germany beating Austria 2-0 in, I think, I think uh, Opta had a thing saying that uh, on their prediction mapping or whatever, Germany were the most likely to progress out of any of the quarterfinalists, which I think is interesting because it wasn't quite that smooth in the game. This was a, a spectacular game of football. It was great. It was a spectacular game of football. And I will get into why I thought that, but... Can I just say, we've really been treated in this tournament already. Oh my goodness. Two for two in the quarterfinals so far, both been great. Masterpieces. Huge rewatch value, both of these oh games God, that we've seen yeah. so far. Huge rewatch value. And it's funny you mentioned hitting the woodwork. Was it, was it five in the end? Was it five in total? Yep, five in total. Austria went, yeah, Austria hit it three times. And actually, Flo Lloyd, who's commented in the chat, saying it was a real shame for Austria. They did not actually miss a bad chance. Each time they hit the woodwork, it was a, a really strong effort. It wasn't like, and actually Germany missed the bigger chances, but the overall, um, the headline for this game in terms of the quality of it, for me, it was risk-taking. I loved the risks that both teams took. I think the risks that Germany took were actually inadvertent. I think Germany were expecting Austria, when they saw that formation, Germany, Austria put out 4-1-4-1. I think they were expecting Austria to sit deep. Yeah, I agree. Screen the back four, pack the midfield and sit deep and counter punch. They were not expecting, I think, Austria to press that high up. Austria sometimes played quite a high line. And what that meant was the German 4-3-3 was often, the midfield area was flooded because you had a 4-3-3 for Germany, but it was more like a 4-2-4 because Lena McGall pushed so high up that Oberdorf and Debritz were basically left to patrol the entire central area mm. and they were often outnumbered sometimes it was like two against five there was one moment on the right when they played out of a really tight gap and if you look at it like five austria players were converging on two germany players it was unbelievable the speed of the austrian players to the second ball was was spectacular i thought especially the first 20 25 minutes and it was weird because even the first 2 3 minutes of the game you're like when germany were really pushing right because i think germany were like okay Four three three. Let's flood them. Let's get fluid. First two three minutes, you're like Germany, are like they're on it. Mm. And the next twenty, Austria just came 
back at the maiden. Well, this is the thing because they could have taken yep. the lead after what was it? Twelve, thirteen minutes where Georgieva hit the post from the corner. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was funny because Georgieva hit the post, and it was brilliant because the header she put on it was a slightly late. It was almost like a fadeaway in terms of almost a fadeaway because the ball was almost leaving her and it almost went past her and then she just like placed her head on it. No power, but just like directing it. And I think Fromes was almost caught by surprise Mm. that the contact was made because if you look at the way the the fly to the ball, it was almost like, okay, that's gone past her. So she was like almost wrong footed by it. Mm. If that was on target, I think that's one nil. I think that's one nil. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was done. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wrong footed. Yeah. 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 And then it kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit after that before Germany took the lead. Clara Ball mm. kind of won the ball on the left-hand side, broke the Well, the, the press byline. from Pop, wasn't it? Pos- yeah, it was a press Pop, from Pop. Pop pressed and then that put the pressure on, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, but Ball won it, yeah. And then uh, she cut the ball back. Alex Pop left it for Lena Margot. Amazing leave, yeah. I thought Alex Pop was really good in this game, actually. We'll, we'll touch oh, on more her again later, yeah. but yeah, that gave Germany the, the lead. And then Svenja Hoot had that one just before half-time, which... I think she probably could have cut it, cut it square. I think it was Clara Ball was in the middle and she went yeah, for goal at a really this, tight she angle. She didn't look up. Yeah. She didn't look up, did she? That, that was the one they, play, they played out. So if you see that, they play out from the back, they play out from along the flank and it's like two against five and they mm. get in behind that sort of slightly high line. And there's a split second where she doesn't look up and there's like three Germany players converging like centre left of the box. Doesn't look for them. And then just after halftime, uh, Julia Gvin hit the post, was it like 15, 20 seconds after halftime? Yeah, wild, yeah. And it was that period, it was, the thing I loved about this game was that it kind of had, it ebbed and flowed and it was kind of kind of end-to-end in a way, but there were little periods where each Phases, side looked yes. a little bit shaky. And yes. because of the pressure put on from the, from, from the opposition. So after that, there were a couple of really, really big moments for, for Austria where uh, like Mela Fromes, has trick has gets herself into a bit of trouble playing out, mm-hmm. and then Barbara Dunst like hits it from what like thirty five yards out or something thirty yards out. That was a Off- spectacular. And Froms is like scampering back to her yep. own goal line, and it hits the bar. And then uh, who was it who hit the second one? Sarah Puntigam. Yeah, Puntigam. Yeah, Puntigam hits the hits post, the post uh, again. Yeah, for Australia. Oh, no, Punt- Puntigam was just bef- Puntigam was just after. About ten minutes after half time, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, but there were two in yeah, a row, yeah. right? There was like the yes, the, there were the, yeah the bar, the Dunst one, and then the the Puntagam one, and then it was like, holy shit! Like Germany have really got away with this. Is the third time now that like Germany's woodwork has been hit. Yes, but a common theme that also happened through the game was just like uh, Manuela Zinsberger's distribution was just it kind of invited quite a lot of pressure on Austria. It happened a good yes. few times through the game before the goal at the end, what we'll talk about. There was one where uh, she she plays out, Germany win the ball back, and then Linda Dahlman like, hits it just over. It was almost like foreshadowing, wasn't it? It was Weirdly almost a carbon given- copy, actually, is the Barbara Dunst one, but except that yes, hers went no, just a bit point. over. Um, it, was almost like you, it was almost like those margins, the margins for error became smaller and smaller until breaking point, I think, in this game. Yeah, I mean... The the thing the thing is with with stuff like this is like people talk about margins all the time and it's kind of a semi cliche in football I suppose mm. or in any, any sport, but these are totally the margins like hitting the wood, woodwork we know this doesn't count as a shot on target but you're literally three inches away maybe from completely completely changed. like I, I was thinking yeah. about this during the game and I don't want to sound like 
you know, I don't want it to sound like hyperbole, but think of how many people have been that close to changing history throughout their lifetime. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two inches, three inches away from changing the entire course of like football history. <laughs> or at least like a little bit of it. Oh, you know look at I mean? Baggio, Baggio. Nigeria, Italy uh, in World Cup 94, when Baggio scores the late equaliser. Mm. And if they do, he doesn't get, and it's, it's a small of margins. If Nigeria with that team go through, Anything can happen. Yeah, and I know that Anything sounds like happen, a lot, yeah. a bit of a kind of a trying to trying to take something and make it a little bit bigger than it is, and go a little bit too existential about it. But I mean, they, they knew what this was. They knew what this was. The mustache came back fully this week, so <laughs> from a beard. So you know, I've just been thinking about things a little bit more. You know, <laughs> I've just been <laughs> theorizing a bit. I tend to do this when I have the mustache and not the attaching beard. What does it all mean? I mean, but but for Austria, for that, for the context it of it was for Austria. This is the thing. Yeah, for the for what they were play the way yeah. they played. And this is, shout out to Irene Fuhrman for the bravery of the coaching approach. Yeah. Germany coaches, so Martino at half, uh, full time was basically talking about the way they played and pressed us. And it, it kind of took them by surprise. And that's why she gave special praise to Oberdorf. Oberdorf's performance in this game, I thought Sarah Debritz, to be fair to them in the central areas they had, they were overrun. She at times looked overrun because of the type of tactical work she had to do in the ground, she had to cover. Oberdorf, I noticed that she made interventions on the right flank and the left flank. And I don't think I've seen any central midfielder cover that much ground in either, in, in, a, in, a, in men's or women's game. I'm not, apart from Luka Modric, mm. I haven't seen a centre midfielder occupy spaces that broad. I mean, this, she the very no quite, yeah, the no, I've no, mm. I haven't seen, a, the only other player I've seen do that. Into, like, when you talk about screening a defence, she quite literally screened an entire so I'm, I'm grinning a little bit because there was a, a moment during this game where her energy level just seemed so out of tune, like how, so much more than everyone else's. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, that's someone who missed the last game through suspension. <laughs> 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 you got a rest. I like that. Yeah. But, no, I, uh, but going back to the, the Austria hit in the post stuff, and we'll, we'll yeah. talk about the rest of the game in a bit, but I think that what, we saw this a little bit in the England-Spain game in that mm. you've, you've got a lot of sides in the, at this stage of the tournament who aren't used to conceding goals. Yes. Like England haven't conceded the goal in the whole tournament. Germany haven't mm. conceded the goal in the whole tournament. And you saw right. actually how that throw, I don't, I think these are elite teams, so they're used to solving problems. But if you score first against a side who isn't used to conceding goals at all, let alone first, that just throws a level of uncertainty and another problem at them. But I think you saw England struggle to figure out. Yes, good point. As a plan B, they haven't had yeah. to go to. And, and, yeah. and I think these, this is what will really hurt for Austria is the fact that like, if they get one of those if early on, I mean, the first one is the only one that happens before the, the Lena Magel goal. Mm. But that, I just wonder how Germany, I think Germany would have been okay because they were creating chances and stuff. I, I'm not so sure. Throwing another problem in there because, you know, Austria didn't get like turned over. They were not overwhelmed. No. no. I think... <sighs> You know, I, the reason why I think this is interesting for Germany and a shame for Austria, if Austria had taken the lead, Germany would have to rethink how high they were playing that front three. Because actually at certain points, the front three was so high and so committed to staying up there and creating chances. If Austria take the lead, Germany having to think, wait a minute, we've mm -hmm. been overwhelmed in midfield. How much do we bring people back? Because it's interesting, the moment they had to consolidate, they brought on Yule Brandt, Pop comes into more centre midfield area and they start consolidating. Like 
what, to, and this is the thing, and I was saying this to my friends earlier, we were watching the game last night and this morning we were chatting. I said, the funny thing is with this now, see when Wolfsburg overran Barcelona in the semi-final, but didn't quite have the players in the Champions League to like fully bring the comeback. And then Leon took the blueprint and ran with it. What Austria have done is they've given other teams a blueprint now. They've been like squeeze the middle against Germany because Germany want to push so high with Magul with the press, they're going to leave their centre midfield exposed. And a better team than Austria, and this is no disrespect to Austria, a team with more tools than Austria or with even more tools is going to punish them. And then Germany will have to solve that problem. And Germany, that is what is so interesting say, to me. No, no disrespect to England's side of the draw, but you would say that Germany's side of the draw, is that semi-final is going to be a bit tougher. I would say so, yeah. Whoever comes through that. But when you get down to this stage of the tournament, no opponent yeah, is going no to be a walkover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's wrap up the rest of the game quickly because we talked about yeah, the last sure. time was that Austria hitting the post again. Oh no, we talked about the Linda Dahlman hitting over. Clara Ball hits the bar again Glorious just from outside happened. the box. This was a great shot just from the kind of like inside left position. Mm. Clara Ball again missed a sitter and apps. this was the best chance of the game. Did she almost take her eye off this? Yeah, maybe focus and concentration was the thing. Mm. But it didn't matter in the end because just before the end, Zinsberger again got herself into trouble. Alex Pop did did a really smart kind of like curved run almost and then yes. went towards her, shut her down. Zinsberger plays it off Pop. It goes in the back of the net. And Alex Pop with a, with a, a little bit of an angry celebration. I loved it. Oh yeah, I was. Like, do you know what I, I love that angry myself. Pop. It's so good. And she's just like, but I was like, because like, <laughs> she's such a lovely person off the pitch. She, like, there she was, like going visiting zoo animals in her day off, and then she's back in the midst of it, and like with big main character energy. Yeah, she's like finger to Alex her lips. Pop, her whole vibe this tournament has been like fuck with me at your peril. <laughs> like honestly, because like obviously she's she's had such rotten luck with major tournaments over the last however well through her whole career she had a, spent a massive amount of time out with injury and to like go to the tournament to captain the slide scoring every single game she's on a tear man she's on she's she's unbelievable and there was she's amazing- like one of those artists that's been yeah one of those artists that's been quiet for like four years and drops new material out of nowhere yeah and everyone's like because people have kind of slept on her a little bit. Mm. Like even, even some of the commentary, people surprised almost that like, I think about Pop's performances and I'm like, Pop has been performing at such a high level for so long that she has definitely been taken for granted. Mm. If you look at where she's been played, Pop has played as a nine centre mid, a left back. And I know we've talked about this before, but it's almost like her excellence, even her strike rate for Germany, her strike rate for Germany is like what? Less than one and two. But that is because... Of, if Pop had just played as a central striker her entire career and that's all she'd done and her, goal, her job was to score goals, she'd be averaging, I think, two and three. But she's just relentlessly self-sacrificial. So I really love that she's having her moment. Mm. If that makes sense. I love that she's having that. She just does what has to be done. I've got to say, I still love Pop. My favourite Alex Pop is still centre mid with like Oberdorf at this point. I just love it when she plays there. I think that's just like midfield control yeah, but I mean, that's the from thing the that Germany have that option now because Leia Schuler was on the bench again after recovering from COVID. That's big. I love that as an option for them. Can I say this as well? Really important content I've got to add here just on a... Irene Furman, just the drip. When we're, when we're talking about a grey roll neck for short sleeves, <laughs> the levels, the, the energy that she was exuding, I was like, she's on smoke. And it's you see semi superhero I think. Can, can those, those, yeah. those who are listening... You see the power she exuded with that fit. That's when I knew, that's when I knew Germany were in trouble. And I said it. 
I was like, that now they're on smoke now. And then the jacket she put on the rain jacket, did you see the collar on that rain jacket? So good. Some of the, and also the Germany training top. That's a hell of a- Yeah, that's a smart- It's a smart. serious piece of kit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some, some good, some good touchline fits. All of the kits, well, loads of the kits, pretty much all of the kits in the Women's Euros are amazing. And there's Big been fan. some extremely fan, good yeah. like touchline get up yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was an interesting quote after the game from Alex Pop on German TV. Uh, Rainer Fusganger wrote a tweet. He uh, covers a lot of women's football. Alex Pop told German TV that the, the goalkeeper co- Germany goalkeeper coach Michael Fuchs had told them that Manuela Zinsberger often plays to or from a defender and that she tends to lose her left field out of sight. And that is precisely where the goal came from. Do you know what I love about that so much? Footballing and not just footballing, but in the intelligence to just be conscious of that information. That late in the game. To hold that, to hold wild. that. Enough. I just love that so much. Yeah. Completely. That goal was an ambush, if anything else, as much yeah. as anything. It's almost as if like elite football players the best football players in the world haven't seen ability, <laughs> like ability to maintain information that late into the game. And a game of that intensity as well. Yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. Loved it. Unbelievable. Loved it. Um, so Germany through to the semi-final. They will play France or the Netherlands. Um, we'll be back. We'll, we'll cover the, both the, the, the other two quarterfinals on Monday. Mm. Let's take a quick break. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, man. Any before we move on to some other stuff, any transfers of note that you want to touch on? I mean, Roma are on one. They signed Dybala. There's rumours about Gino Ronaldo yeah. going there on loan from PSG with an option to buy. I love that. Yeah, I do as well because there's a kind of I like love that. I do like this. I do like this vibe of like Mourinho putting together a band of dudes who are just like they wrote you off. They wrote you off like they wrote. Do you know me I like that as well? Because he'll get more freedom. Now. Do you know why? Because we're going to see we're going to see Holland Wijnaldum for Roma. You think? Because the yeah yeah because the role he plays for Holland, where he shuttles more, is is when I love him because he gets a bit more range. And I think that Roma they just allow they just a team that allow your responsibility. Like working playing football for Mourinho at this this era, 
especially this Roma team, is like working for a startup. You turn up a startup, plug in your laptop. You don't really have an official job title. You might as well be the director of Vibes, which is what he'll be in the midfield. He'll be oh, the director of Vibes. Because that? No, 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 that was my dream job, do you remember? Head of Vibes. And then someone <laughs> literally, vibes. like, there was like some startup that actually, I can't remember where it was. What was it? There was a company that was talking about literally like a morale actually called the director like of a, Vibes. Yeah, it was yeah. like, yeah. So I think what will happen is, I think, I mean, the director of Vibes at Roma is actually, is Pellegrini. But as like a deputy director of Vibes in that midfield, Wijnaldum is something that I love because he'll get to like just run with the ball, Ryan. I think that's a really, really lovely move. I mean, playing him is in a kind of a, in a slightly more advanced position as well. Does it's, that make sense? It's, 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 yeah. it's essentially it's like great, a, it? he's essentially like a Mkhitaryan replacement as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I'm not sure he'll probably play as wide like Mkhitaryan did sometimes, but when Mkhitaryan was playing centrally, I think Roma are just, they're just, they intrigue me a lot. They're fun, man. They're fun. I know that we've talked about Mourinho and how he shows glimpses of being the old Mourinho a little bit, but mm. he's never going to be. No, I think he's more fun to play for now, actually. The thing about I love about him signing Dybala is he's a player who he trusts. Mm. That's a player who he delivers. And I think that, funnily enough, with the Mkhitaryan going to, with Mkhitaryan going to Inter, I actually quite like how it divides up the attacking responsibility because Dybala is just a more conventional forward not so much shuttling, just doing most of his work in the final third, not so much bringing it into the final third. Mkhitaryan going out and Wijnaldum potentially and Dybala coming in, it, changed, it reconfigures Roma, but it actually it divides up the attacking roles quite nicely. I just, I'm just really enjoying watching how quickly they're going to move the ball through this midfield, to be honest. So yeah. I'm into that signing. Uh, Spurs signed Jed Spence, which... Love that. It's a really interesting one because did you see the quotes from Antonio Conte afterwards? Where no, he no. said, um, Spencer's an investment of the club. The club wanted to do it. I said, okay, this player is young, but he showed me he can become a good, important player for us. The, the club decided to buy him. So it sounds like one of those where, you know, I mean, he's 21. He was on loan at Forest last season from Middlesbrough. Mm. Um, definitely one to develop. And actually, to be honest, my first thought when I saw it was like, it wouldn't surprise me if he went on loan somewhere again this season. And actually maybe in the Premier League club, like someone who's just mm. come up and, I mean, to be honest, it would be per- almost perfect for Spurs to send him back to Forest for a year. Mm. Yeah. Because he knows the environment. He's co- he, he was part of that journey that came up. Like he's probably not going to be games. a starter for Spurs this season, I don't think, because I don't think he's quite ready to be, to have that level of responsibility at a club that is pushing for, well, it's in the Champions League, finishing the Champions League yeah. last season. That's a lot. That's a big jump. You know, it's a big jump just going to be playing Premier League football on the regular. So I wonder whether it might be smart from Spurs to send him back to Forest if Forest want him, that is, yes, for a season to get him Premier League football in an environment that he already knows because that's a lot of change for a young player. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think, yeah, it's absolutely. A, I think it could be an amazing signing for the future. Um, good investment. And Spurs, to be honest, I think have had a really good summer. Like a really, really good summer. They look I think so. like yeah. the real deal. It's hard to think of a summer where Spurs have felt more uh, united. Complete. No, yeah, complete is a good Not way. Complete, like yeah. kind of like all al- aligned. Let's put these that. Aligned, aligned. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Signings that work with the manager, manager that works with the signings and the existing squad and is going to give them depth to push them to the next level. Because Spurs' issue for so long has been depth. Good summer for Spurs, I think. And this is another piece of that. Um like I say, I'm not well, entirely I, I sure think, he will be featuring every week for Spurs, but I think he, if he does stay at Spurs, 
then you'll see bits of it in the season. I think Spurs should be quietly confident about doing something quite exciting this year. For example, if we're sat here at the end of May, it genuinely wouldn't surprise me if we were talking about Spurs. I know loads of people are going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But wouldn't surprise me if we were talking about Spurs winning the League Cup or the FA Cup. No surprise at all. And actually, I think in a funny kind of way, I think that, and this is not to drink Spurs, you know, I say, I say Spurs for this season should have some ambitions that I really, they don't tell everyone about. Mm. They need to kind of be like, we know how good we are. We know exactly how good we can be at our peak. We need to go under the radar this year, because if we go under the radar and execute to our highest level, we're going to surprise some very big people. Because don't forget those two teams ahead of them, so I think actually this squad, the recruitment they've got at this particular point in history, I think squad are the third best team. And the reason I say that is because the it's rebuild that Chelsea have to do, if I look at all the teams and the depth they have, Chelsea have real challenges, I think, in the forward area in terms of the goals, the supply of goals, and maybe a defensive configuration and the ball movement. I think that United are exciting, but they have midfield issues, I would say. And then maybe some... Not not so much goals got in midfield. The movement of the ball through midfield is a challenge for United, I think, still. And then you're going to have Arsenal, who are really exciting. But I think Arsenal are kind of, again, in a transition period. Yep. Spurs are the team, to me, that have a, a chance to do something really exciting if they start fairly well, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think there's been so much change throughout so much of that top five, six, mm. that I don't think we're really going to get a good clear picture of where everyone is at until maybe end of September. Yes. Potentially that first international break, although actually I think that's probably even a little bit too soon. I think maybe the maybe mid-October, <clears throat> end of October actually, which sounds like a long time, mm. but I said this last season after Arsenal lost to Brentford on the first day of the season, it was like, if, if Arsenal are still doing this at the end of September or October or whenever I said, then panic. Also with the World Cup, it, with the, also with the World Cup. Throws in another. In winter, those variables. So a, a, Dude, the coach, I mean, yeah. smart coach would have thought of that. But this is why yeah. I think that, that Arsenal and Spurs and, and Manchester United as well, but I still think their biggest signing was obviously the manager. You know, can I, can I throw this in as well? You know how you mentioned embrace the chaos uh, because of the pandemic? Oh, yeah. I think this is another embrace the chaos season. Because yeah, I love the, the embrace the chaos of the ethos. Although it started to it started to make me feel uncomfortable bit, when the players were obviously knackered. <laughs> but what I would say is, but, but not so much about chaos. More in terms of the emotional, not just the, not just the, the the emotional heft of a World Cup mid-season is completely unprecedented, yeah. and may lead to outcomes that are just unpredictable. Inherently, this is not a normal football season. No matter what happens, the completely unprecedented variable of a World Cup right in the middle of the season and how big that is for so many players who may also be crucial in their respective title races. Players for whom it might be their last chance to win something or their last chance with a particular squad. I just think that's a really interesting variable to throw in and I wonder how much that affects the ultimate outcome. Yeah, I mean, ultimately when we were in the pandemic, I think the best, the best football teams won the stuff. But there were periods through that. I remember doing stuff about Spurs and Mourinho and being like, and like wow, Spurs are top. Mourinho, did, you know, Mourinho looks, seems to be kind of navigating mm. this unknown really well Pretty so well. far. Yeah, yeah. Obviously it fell off, but when, you, when you're dealing with a season that is throwing in unknown issues or problems, that can often throw up 
really interesting results. I still think that the top five or six are going to be too much better than the rest of the pack. You know, for example, I'd be surprised this season if you see like a Manchester United in eighth or ninth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason I say that is because they've all, the the ones that needed the depth have seemed to have found the depth now. Yeah. Like with Spurs, for example, you know, Spurs didn't sign a, a, a big player from a side who's just won the Champions League. And they're coming and to Spurs. And that's why I like Germany. their window so much because they're like, in a way, yeah. yeah. That, that's why I like it because it shows yes. that the, the hierarchy and the senior members of the squad are still the senior members of the squad. And what you've got yes. in there is they've got help. And for so long, Spurs, like a lot of this, those Spurs major signings or major players haven't had help. You saw yes. how important Romero was last season. Romero yes. comes in, kind of under the radar signing, to be honest, I still think. Yeah, yeah. And you instantly see how much that adds to the squad so yeah, I think yeah. if you have if you're able to occasionally swap in and out because it's going to be hard for Spurs this season because as we've seen in pre-season like Conte's going to run them hard right yes first pre-season under Conte no messing about no hiding and actually I think that what he's done there is got players in that he knows he can go to just to take the absolute first choice players out of the line. Like, I think Perisic will play a big role. I think actually Perisic low key Great is shot. probably Great shot. and, and Richarlison. I mean, obviously Richarlison we know, but I mean, but, but it's Perisic, hard, it's the hard fearlessness, to, yeah. the pedigree, the conversations. There's so many things about the squad that I love. You know, they always talk, you hear a lot of Italian coaches talk about the group, the group, the group, and what Perisic brings to the group, that experience. Oh, and he's at, done it not all. Not international level. Yeah, but like he's been, yeah, he's been to like a World Cup final. And he's won everything at, at club level. Can I be honest with you? Perich is, Perich is the kind of player who stays in WhatsApp groups after he's left clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in terms of like, he's just that good dude that's around that like, you know, those like, the, it's a bit of a cliche, like the football man or the, the good professional or whatever, but he's someone who's like the good professional who everywhere he goes, mm-hmm. he's contributed something both on and off the field. What he adds technically in terms of goals, in terms of experience, it's just a really exciting fit for them. And I always love when clubs make a signing like that because it's a sign that they're ready for something like of a higher level of accomplishment. Because there's a dude that's truly won the big stuff. Mm. It's gonna be, like I say, I mean, we don't know how that top six is going to shape up, but I think a couple. I think if I was a fan of any of the top six clubs, yeah, which I am, um, and so are you, I am. Maybe apart from Liverpool and Man City, because they're 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 probably the only two who are really gunning for the league. Yes. Don't worry too much about it until after the, at least after that first international break, because there's a lot of change here. Speaking of change, just a couple of stuff that's breaking live. Uh, ben Jacobs has tweeted that Chelsea believe they've won the race for Jules Kunde. That's a big deal. It will be a big deal if that goes through. We'll wait for that to be confirmed before we do it. And also, you'll love this. Apparently, West Ham have made a bid. For Philip Kostic. Oh my goodness. But again, we'll wait for that to be confirmed before. West Ham related business, actually. Jesse Lingard, Nottingham Forest. I like that very much. Yeah, I love that. Is a superb signing. Love that. Like, what that's going to do for the city, it's already such a great town anyway. Like, I'll just take it to a new level. I like Forest this season, by the way. Something like a bit of a throwback type vibe nice, as well. Nice Macron kit. Love it. Rare that, rare that I say that. Rare that those words come <laughs> out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I love that signing. Yeah. All right, before we go, 
we said we would revisit something that happened just after the end of last season. We talked about, there was a question we had from someone, we were talking about coaching swaps. Do you remember this? Yes, loved it. And a load of people sent us some coaching swaps and there were some great ones. So I thought that we would read some out. <laughs> Let's do it. I would like to begin with Caroline Stefko's one. Shout to Caroline. Caroline says, Yes. I really enjoyed the discussion of which football managers would be great coaches in other sports and vice versa. I immediately thought about Hansi Flick. You're going to fucking love this so much. This is, this is an absolute bomb to go in with. I immediately thought about Hansi Flick coaching the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs. I knew it. Oh my God. <laughs> he has huge Popovich vibes. He can be prickly with the media at times, often looks stone-faced on the touchline even when his team is winning and inspires fierce loyalty from his players. Plus, there are parallels between the Bayern sextuple winning team and Pop's 2014 champions playing the beautiful game. Fluid, selfless execution of their respective sports. Oh, that's so perfect. I almost, I was saying it in my head before like you read it out. Yeah. It's interesting that because uh, before I was even doing football stuff, wasn't I doing football stuff? It was definitely pre-Stadio. I remember speaking to someone who uh, had done some stuff with the BBC at the time. And we were talking about basically this dream idea that I had. When Arsene Wenger was still coaching at Arsenal, if you look at the, the parallels between the year when they took over and how long they've been going and how mm. unique they were at that time, they were basically like the same person. Yeah, you're it right. It was really weird. Uh, and, I, and I have, the, I mean, to be honest, I still have this dream because I just think it would be an amazing chat. But I think that the further Wenger has got away from managing, I think weirdly, this is going to sound really harsh, but I think weirdly the less interesting it actually is. Part of the amazing bit about it was that they were both still doing it. Mm. Pop joined the Spurs and Arsene joined Arsenal, I think about a year apart. Yeah. And I think they were born about a year apart. They both love wine. They've both done really well in talking about various issues before. And I was just like, imagine just sitting them in two comfy chairs with a really expensive bottle of red wine in front of them and just hitting record and just letting them talk. I might be incredible. Be I mean, there'd be a moment where they'd be like, you know, in a funny kind of thing, there'd be a moment they'd be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe we've never met before. Yeah. And think of all the years of friendship we haven't had because we get on so well. I think they would get on so well. And funny enough, actually, I would slightly like to push back. I think that would be extremely interesting now. I, 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 I mean, I do. The time I to think, reflect. Yeah, I, I do. Know what you mean, but in, in terms of time to reflect on all of it. And I, it's weird because just to sort of jump back, um, with Hansi Flick, when you were describing it, and Caroline put that parallel so well, he's the direct heir to Jupp Heynckes, isn't he? Yeah. In terms of coming in with that humility, there's also something else which is interesting with Popovich and that trajectory about winning after people might have thought your peak was gone. Mm. If you look how far apart Heynckes won you know, his big trophies, uh, there was that gap and then he came back and won big again. And you look at Popovich winning in the early 2000s, coming back and then like out coaching, you know, an elite coach in mm. Spolstra again in 2014. There's this really interesting thing about coaching longevity. When I, what I love so much about football is the ability, because we joke about Mourinho and his dotage and whatever, but as time goes on, I'm more impressed by the ability of coaches to move with the times. So Ancelotti has moved with the times and stayed dominant, stayed relevant, and it's fascinating to me how people adjust. Like Ancelotti, for example, 
can phase out a player like Asensio, can keep Isco on the bench for an entire Champions League run without him featuring and no one questions it. Mm. That, that, that is what amazes me about those elite coaches and their ability. And this is Hansi Flick, he's in that class. The ability of those elite coaches to command universal respect mm. for coaching decisions because none of them make it about them. Yeah, yeah. All of those coaches we mentioned, Heinkes, Flick, Wenger, Popovich, it's, it's never about them, is it? No, I mean, the, the interesting parallel with uh, Wenger and Popovich is well, that they won stuff in three decades. Yeah, wow, you know, Pop, I love that. Yeah, Pop won his first one in 99, remember? Um, but yeah, thanks, Caroline. That was a great one. Another one. Uh, Andre Junkman says, Steve Kerr to Real Madrid might be the best position for him in the world. He already knows how to handle multiple stars that demand most of the playing time. Proven winner, and he knows how to let his stars do their thing. Benzema might go from forty goals, might go to forty goals and twenty assists under that man. <laughs> Can you imagine? That has blown my mind. Right, imagine actually, this is really interesting because a load of those guys love the NBA, and if if you just parachuted Steve Kerr into Real Madrid, you know, there's that amazing footage of when he's talking to Steph, and he's like on the bench, he's like, "Come here," because Steph's having like a poor shooting night or something like that. Mm. He's like, "You may not see it here, but like." This is this is you on the floor, and this is you off the floor, like, or he I'm, does that I'm huddle, and he talks about like he just pulls. I think it's KD, and he pulls KD over, and he just casually goes, you know, MJ used to say, <laughs> say this thing, to <laughs> and he's like, it is such a flex, right? Yes, yes. In a way, I wonder whether Steve Kerr might be better at PSG. Oh, oh, okay. Because In, wait, 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 no, wait, wait. Actually, yeah, yeah, not better. Yeah, 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 but. Put it this way, if Steve Kerr mm. all of a sudden decided he wanted to be a football manager, yes, he is probably the only person in world football who could go to Real Madrid, uh, sorry, who could go to PSG, yes, having won nothing, yes, and command the authority that all of that lot need. That is so interesting, you know. They're literally sponsored by Jordan. They literally have Jordan kits, right? Yes, and you have the guy fit. there who, who hit the winning shot yes. in a fucking dynasty alongside MJ. You seen that incredible speech? Show me that the incredible speech that he gave. Yeah, when he's just like, oh, so I said, you know, MJ, MJ wasn't, didn't really fancy it. So I just said, so he passed know, up, yeah. <laughs> like, I take it. Do you know what I mean? Like, think about it. Like, yes, I, I think, the flex. Just, I think, uh, I think Andre's is amazing. I think Real Madrid works so better, well. You know, I was thinking of a even more, even more absurd one. I don't think it's more of a fit, but I just thought, how, it was the first thing that popped into my head. It was just like, imagine being like, you, you see the, you see that logo on your chest? Yes. You see that logo on your chest? I used to play with him. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what's funny about this? I love this as a thing. And also, the, if you look at the trajectory of PSG, what were they? Highly respected club. Cult club. With a big cult club, like Golden State, but needed that level to be like elevated. Whereas, Yeah. Well, absolutely. So actually the fit, the cultural fit is amazing. The thing I love about Steve Kerr at Real Madrid, I would say, is that the press conferences. Oh my God. And he just looks so good in the Bernabeu dugout. He just looked, yeah. yeah. It's so good. Like, it's you, so you, you know what, good. Love, you, can, you can imagine him, you can imagine Steve Kerr and there's like a conversation about, let's say like some of Real Madrid's young players were spotted like sunbathing and whatever. And they're like, oh my God, so-and-so was spotted sunbathing here. And we're like, and you can just imagine him just being like, really? You can imagine him just like nonplussed and just completely kill, like the Spanish media. You can imagine within like two months, them just eating out of his hand and him just quote, you know, he'd go in, he'd go in and start quoting like famous poets, yeah. famous Spanish It'd poets. It would be so good. It would be incredible. I love that one. Uh, let's try and get through a few more because these are so good. Let's do this. Yeah, go, yeah, go. Love it. This one from Venkat Ramamurthy. 
Venkat is a Liverpool fan. Shout out Venkat. Good luck this season. Exciting times, yeah. Said for coaching swaps, my choice would be Thomas Tuchel to the Phoenix Suns. Oh my goodness. Yes. Tuchel has shown an ability to keep a ship on course while in the middle of bad ownership situations. Phoenix are looking at the aftermath of a devastating playoff defeat. This was obviously, these came in in early, uh, mid-June, by the way. Mm. They were being held together by Chris Paul and Paul could use a head coach who is upphased by a cataclysmic off-the-field circumstance. Monty Williams is good and level-headed, but Tuckle will keep the players focused and keep their eyes on the bigger picture. I feel for Monty Williams there. I've got to I say, do. I feel Monty, like... Monty's been done I a dirty feel, there. Venka, man, think, why, yeah. you want it, why, you, why you got to do, do Monty why? like that? Because Chris Paul was the Chris Paul, the coaching didn't implode. Chris Paul's execution imploded. Can I can I throw out an alternative? Yeah, because everyone needs more. Because an NFL coach. No, I was going to say <laughs> send him to the Nets. <laughs> oh, do you know what? That's perfect. Tuckle the Nets because Tuckle, I think Tuckle, I think Tuckle unlocks Ben Simmons. Do you think? Yeah, I think he does. Wow. I think he does because because look, if he, he wants to turn Kai Harvitz into a nine. And if you think how far Kai Harvitz was from a nine when he arrived at Chelsea and ends up scoring the Champions League winner, like, I think that he basically unlocks Ben Simmons. And I, don't th- I think he does it because he doesn't do it as a kind of like, Ben's going to be a shooter. What he does is, he basically, you see what he did with Kai Harvitz was he put him in the offense, in the Chelsea attack, and let him play fluidly, took up all this space. And like over time, people started calling him a nine and then eventually Tuchel came out and said it. So what he does is with, with, with uh, Simmons is he gets him in the flow of the offense and then after a while, when his like points are going up, he goes, oh yeah, he can be a scorer, but he doesn't make a thing of it. Because don't forget how, Kai, um, how um, Kawhi became a scorer. Mm. Kawhi was like a big defensive guy and then his points just jumped. I think he gets, I think he gets a tune out of Simmons. Uh, I like that one. Let's get through a couple more because we've got a bounce. But... Absolutely. Okay, John Rohr. Uh, <laughs> the coaching swap prompt was too inviting and I was shocked. Shocked, John said. Shocked. <laughs> There is nothing that Musa wants injected into his veins than shock to listeners. He's prepping, <laughs> he's prepping for his talk radio <laughs> career. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's going to be replacing Piers Morgan when Piers Morgan gets axed <laughs> on his TV show. He was shocked that Cholo didn't make the shortlist of NFL coaches. Simeone was practically made in a lab for the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> the oh, shithousery, crotch-grabbing and infuriating tactics would make him an immediate star at the link in Philly. The city would take him in like a long-lost child and then curse his name at the first sign of struggle. The cheesesteak would be on the national flag by the end of the, <laughs> the season. Cholo, the, the Cholo cheesesteak. Yeah, the Cholo cheesesteak. There'd be a special <laughs> cheesesteak. He would be absolutely electrifying. That'd be funny. Vikram Sharma says, Simeone, Mourinho, Bielsa, which one would coach the Raptors? The Raptors already have a, fan, uh, a fanatic fan base. They are the only team in the NBA that's outside the USA. Oh, it's Bielsa. It's not even close. Yeah, Bielsa at the Raptors, 100%. Bielsa at the Raptors, and yeah. Bielsa does. Bielsa goes and takes like, he goes and finds like European players. Yeah. Like players from like D League, like and he goes and finds he'll just find these unbelievable shooters, slash and kick, and he'll be like, "Who are these players?" And within, <laughs> he bring in Ginobili's assistant. Yeah, they'll come in in the play-in tournament. They'll play. They'll win. They come in the play-in, and they will just come and just torch teams. 
I think Bielsa is, Bielsa, and then, you know, he, he does that. He does an amazing couple of years at the Raptors, then he leaves and goes and coaches in, in the NCAA. Yep. Uh, right, let's rattle off a couple of quick ones before we go, because we were running along. So uh, this one from Drew Toro. The first image that popped into my head was Sean Dice as a defensive coordinator. Some others, Jose Mourinho to the Knicks. I love that. New York media would have a field day covering him and he'd bring back the aura of those 90s Knicks teams. Jurgen Klopp to Michigan. Like Liverpool, he could help bring a historically great team back to a championship level. And I have to imagine he'd be an incredible recruiter. Steve Nash and Patrick Vieira swap places. Steve Nash in Crystal Palace would be an absolutely wild shout. Oh my God, that's all or nothing. Peak all or nothing. I think he'd really enjoy the new wave of artisanal bakeries as well. Oh my God, that's so big time. Vieira in New York. I know. It's wild. Logan Harrison. NFL. Sam Allardyce to the Minnesota Vikings or any team really fighting the playoffs. <laughs> a late season coaching change to get a boost from Big Sam. Patrick Vieira to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The steel curtain starts with midfield. Before you get to Tony Adams, you have to get through Vieira. <laughs> NBA, Tony Pulis to the Detroit Pistons. Can the Lakers do it on a cold, snowy night in Detroit? <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, another one for the Jose Mourinho to the New York Knicks thing. Another team he can try to restore, restore to former glory. Eric Spolstra to PSG. Replace the big three of LeBron, Wade and Bosch with That's Neymar, brilliant. Messi and Mbappe. I do love that shout. Historical figures. <laughs> Winston <laughs> Churchill to the Packers. Keep calm and cheese head up. <laughs> uh, thanks, Logan. That was amazing. <laughs> This one from Josh Coin. Ah, this was the other Sean Dyche one I was looking for. Anyway, <laughs> I love, uh, says the only logical answer. And I love the, the fact that Josh has been like, this is the only logical, logical answer to this question is Sean Dyche to the Detroit Pistons. Oh, without question. A team and city that pride themselves on hard nose, no bullshit, bruising basketball. Not sure about Dwayne Casey and Burnley though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this I love that so much Dyche the Pistons is perfect just aesthetically yeah so good even more so than Pulis although I'm not sure about Mourinho in New York now because Mourinho do you know what it is it's something in New York where Mourinho at this point of his career is more of a brawler than like the brash young fast talking I think, there's, 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 I think uh, Mourinho to the Knicks is a younger version of Mourinho I would say yeah I'd say I, I'd agree sense. I think post yeah. um Post-Chelsea first time around Mourinho. I agree. Or actually yeah. post-Porto. Yes. Yes. That. And the loose, and the tie, the tie worn slightly but loose. It's essentially Pat Riley Mart too. Bingo. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. It's exactly. Pat Riley Mart yeah. too. Those were fun. Thanks for sending those in. Sorry I didn't get to all of them, but uh, there were way too many. Absolute joy. I reckon that's all. That's it. Don't forget to check Wright's House on the Ring Receipt feed. Two more quarterfinals this weekend. And we'll be back on Monday to talk about them all. Uh, don't forget to check the ringer.com. Check the Stadio Archers plays on Spotify. Speaking of which, playing out on a classic from Antenna to climb the cliff. Good times. It is good times. Anything you want to add, Mr. Wonga? Nothing further. Of course, a brief hydration notice given the heat we're seeing. Yeah, God. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Just uh, take care of the people. Do it. All right, everyone. Have a lovely weekend and we will be back with you on Monday. See you then.
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.